just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. i got to be honest, I'm a little embarrassed. Now, I've told you before this Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial I could give a shit about. There's too many more important things to be worried about other than these two and their troubles and their personal arguments. I don't really give a shit. But everywhere I go, on TikTok, the internet, on television, I keep seeing these little clips from that trial. And a small part of me is starting to get hooked into this, mainly because of the main characters. You have Amber Heard, who's clearly a crazy bitch. You got Johnny Depp, who's kind of sarcastic, smirks now and again, talks really slowly. That's annoying to me. Just spit it out, Johnny, for Christ's sake. And then you've got the lawyers. They're kind of goofballs. It's impossible not to get hooked into this. But I'll make this pledge to the Rational Boomer podcast listeners. I'll do better. (laughs) I'll try not to watch this shit, but honestly, it is fucking entertaining. Well, on the Rational Boomer podcast, pretty regularly, we have emails or voicemails from the listeners. I love them. If you have a mind to send me an email, ask a question, a comment, whatever, doesn't matter. I want to hear about it. So send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm, find the Rational Boomer podcast and uh, leave a voicemail. Well, I have one such email today and this is a little different than some of the emails we've seen before. It says, hello, my friend. Today I thought I would share an old joke my dad told me long ago that reminds me of modern Republicans. They love talking shit about the Democrats, but when it gets turned around on them, they start screaming and yelling and flailing. So here goes. (laughs) Just so you know up front, this isn't my joke. This is the listener of the Rational Boomer podcast. Little Johnny. Now, see, whenever a joke starts out with Little Johnny, I know I'm in trouble. (laughs) Little Johnny was in the classroom. The teacher was instructing the class when she noticed the children were distracted by a couple of dogs fucking in the playground. (laughs) Despite her efforts to distract the class, she just couldn't get the attention of the children. So first, she sends out little Timmy to break the dogs up. He pulled the male dog's tail, but damned if he wasn't determined. Timmy returns to the classroom, and so she sends out Susie. Susie tried to shove the male dog off the female, but despite her efforts, the male kept going. Susie returned, and little Johnny put up his hand. Send me, I know just what to do. And with regret, (laughs) the teacher sends him out. Little Johnny ran straight for the male dog, took his index figure, and shoved it straight up the dog's ass. The dog yelped and took off in the other direction. Upon returning, the teacher asked little Johnny, How did you know that would send the dog running for the hills? Delighted to answer, little Johnny said, Well, if he's anything like my dog, he can dish it out, but he sure can't take it. I don't know if that's inappropriate to laugh at or not, (laughs) but it is kind of funny. Hope it gives you a laugh. Have a great day. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) Now, I suppose I'm going to be getting people emailing with jokes of the day. That's fine. If you've got jokes and they're good and they're not too inappropriate, I'll read those fucking things too. All right, let's get to the business at hand. There is some interesting legal activity going on with regards to Donald Trump. Now, first, in the Manhattan District, the grand jury term in the financial fraud case against the Trump Organization, the CFO Ellen Weisselberg and Donald Trump, is set to expire 
this Saturday. They've had the grand jury up and operating for some time, and that term is going to expire on Saturday. Now, there's been some question whether or not the new Manhattan District Attorney, Alan Bragg, is going to pursue charges against Donald Trump personally. Now, you'll remember uh, there were two prosecutors that were hired by the previous DA. They stayed with the investigation when Alan Bragg took over at the start of the year. And then those two prosecutors got frustrated because they felt as though Alan Bragg was not going to pursue Donald Trump in this particular case. Well, that caused all kinds of hubbub, of course, and uh, then Alan Bragg said, no, 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 we're, we're going to investigate him. He's all about getting elected next time his term's up, so he doesn't want people pissed off at him. Now, here's the deal. This grand jury um, has run out of its term as of Saturday. If they reconvene a new brand, a new grand jury for a new term, they are probably going to continue the investigation into Donald Trump. If they aren't going to pursue Trump personally, they won't reconvene a grand jury. That will be the end of it. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there very frustrated. See, I knew nothing was going to happen. What you need to remember is either way the Manhattan District goes, they have already indicted the Trump Organization and the Trump Organization CFO, Alan Weisselberg. So these trials, regardless if they start a new grand jury or not, those trials will start at some point in the summer. They have already been indicted. This is what the Manhattan District has done so far. Again, the only question here is, are they going to pursue Donald Trump? And they should. I mean, Donald Trump has said he's hands-on everything. It's a pretty small corporation or organization. And everything that happens in that company, he's said as much that he's involved in everything. The buck stops with Donnie. Not as president, but certainly in his company. He stated it a number of times. So the question is, Alan Bragg going to pursue the investigation in Donald Trump and eventually indict Donald Trump? Because let's be honest, when you start a grand jury, the whole point of a grand jury is to get indictments. You're trying to convince the jury that you have enough evidence to indict somebody. Thus far, they've had enough evidence to indict uh, the complete Trump organization and the CFO, Alan Weisselberg. Now, they theoretically should be able to come up with enough evidence against Donald Trump to uh, indict him. But the important factor here is Alan Bragg going to reconvene a new grand jury. They can't extend the old grand jury. They've got to release them and then start a new grand jury. I mean, you think about it. These people are put on the grand jury, and they're stuck there for God knows how long, and they all have lives, so they can't uh, be perpetually on the grand jury. It's not like it's their job. It's their duty to the state. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But again, I want to reiterate, people will always say, oh, he's going to get off scot-free in New York, in the Manhattan District, because they're not going to indict him. Well, just because they decide not to indict him doesn't mean he's getting off scot-free. Keep in mind, they have indicted the Trump Organization. Now, this is troublesome. When you get an organization, a corporation, a company that is indicted, that is a death knell to the organization. And if they end up losing and being found guilty, they're fucking done. Actually, either way, they're done because nobody wants to deal with a company or borrow money to a company that has been indicted. That's a big red flag. So for all intents and purposes, as far as I know, the Trump organization might be done for anyway. But if they're convicted, that sets up a whole other problem. Now, if they 
when they indict the Trump organization, there's nobody that's going to go to jail, but it's going to be fined or sanctioned in so many ways it's going to cripple the company and the company won't be able to go on. Now, CFO Alan Weisselberg, he's on the hook here and he's not given up anything against Donald Trump, which is surprising. He's an older man. He has kids. He has grandkids. He may be sitting in jail for the rest of his life if he's convicted. I don't know if he thinks he has a way out or he's saving the uh, uh, the dropping of a dime on Donald Trump to the last moment. I don't know. But those court cases, those trials are coming up. He might pull something like Joel Greenberg did down in Florida. He was going to be sentenced. And uh, instead, he said, before you sentence me, I got some more information to give up. So it'll be interesting to see in this trial if he's convicted. And then if he is convicted, he's going to want a bargain. And the only thing he's got to bargain with is his old boss, Donald Trump. So we'll see what happens. Don't get upset if they decide not to continue the investigation into Donald Trump. He's still in trouble with his company, and the likelihood of his company continuing is slim. And there's plenty of other investigations going on where Donald Trump could be held accountable. All we need is one. Get him indicted one time, and that's enough to destroy the legacy and the future of Donald Trump. So while we're on that topic, let's talk about one of those possibilities, because something is happening with that. Now, down in Fulton County, Georgia, D.A. Fawny Willis is convening a new grand jury on May 2nd. It's funny. They're ending one grand jury in New York on Saturday, and then on Tuesday, they're starting a new one in Georgia. Now, of course, this case is regarding Donald Trump and the Trump Organization attempting to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia. You'll remember the recorded phone call where Donald Trump attempted to coerce Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to go against the Constitution and use his power to overturn the election. Well, Brad Raffensperger said, fuck yourself. He didn't do it. That made Donald Trump all kinds of mad. And that posed some other problems for Raffensperger and Donald Trump down the road. But here's the thing. The offense, the crime, was recorded on audio tape. There's no question it was Donald Trump talking on the other end of the phone. What he did was a crime. It's not going to be hard to prove that he committed a crime. It's just a matter of how things go with the grand jury and what comes out of this whole mess. So they are convening a grand jury on May 2nd. Which, as I said before, means they're looking to put out some indictments. And let's be honest, there's only a couple possibilities for indictments in this particular case. It would be Donald Trump, maybe Mark Meadows, maybe Lindsey Graham, who also made a call to Brad Raffensperger. Now, what's interesting about this case, what I'm finding kind of strange, is that it sounds like They're making it a big deal down there in Fulton County. They're closing down streets. They're uh, postponing or shifting court cases. I don't know what they're expecting to happen down there when this grand jury is working, but apparently they think it's going to somehow affect the area of town they're in, and they're closing off traffic. Not sure why they would do that unless they're planning to have Donald Trump come and testify, which is distinctly possible if he'll show up. Of course, he'll be subpoenaed. And this is a much different situation than, than, than when Congress subpoenas you. This is the court. You will definitely go to jail if you don't comply with a subpoena. So Donald Trump's got some problems ahead of him in Georgia. And it seems like Fonnie Willis really wants to get this thing done. She's gone after Donald Trump from the beginning. It's taken forever. And again, people always tell me nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump. Well, in Georgia, there's going to be a grand jury. They're going to be looking to get an indictment. There's only a few people that could get indictments out of this mess. And Fonnie Willis seems to be dead set 
on getting Donald Trump. Shouldn't be hard when the proof is on an audio recording. Now, here's kind of an interesting, funny story. Do you remember the Cyber Ninjas? Yeah, they were hired by the Arizona Republicans to conduct an audit on the 2020 election in Arizona. I know you remember this. I talked about it a million times, and I'm sure you talked about it a million times, too. Now, in spite of their name and the fact that they had never worked on an election, they were heavily touted by the Republicans. You'll remember how they were using technology to detect watermarks and bamboo in the paper that they never used in the ballots. But they were checking for it just in case these things have bamboo. That might mean they come from China, and that would blow this thing all apart. Well, there was no bamboo. There were no watermarks. The process or the audit was supposed to take about three weeks, but in fact, it took more like five months. Now, after all that time, all their efforts, no evidence was ever discovered to prove election fraud. Not a shred of evidence was found. Now, after the audit, the cyber ninjas were contractually required to turn over their findings, all their documents and such, to the Arizona Senate. But they have yet to do that. Now, obviously, everybody surrounding this audit, particularly on the Democratic side, was angry about this. They're supposed to provide the documents, their proof or whatever, in spite of the fact they found no evidence. They still had to turn in their paperwork. Now, they never did it. A judge, in fact, put in place a fine of $10,000 per day that they didn't provide the documents. Now, this was a long time ago. So now they currently owe the state of Arizona $4 million. They tried to litigate their way out of this, but the judge told them to suck it. So they owe the money. They owe the $4 million. And they still have not provided any kind of documentation from the audit they did of the 2020 election in Arizona that they were contracted for and they were certainly going to find some evidence. They never showed any evidence, and now they don't want to show the documents. I don't know why that is. Why wouldn't you want to show the documents? I mean, how hard can that be? There had to be some documentation of a scientific audit, especially with a company by the name of Cyber Ninjas. I mean, they sound awesome. Now, the Cyber Ninjas are currently going out of business. Oh, big surprise. They are dissolving the company. Now, that does not relieve them of turning over the documents or paying their fines. Again, the question really is, is why are they not turning over the documents? It could be that they did some illegal things. Or it could be that they're just going to look stupid. But I got to think. Even if you're going to look stupid, that's better than being fined $10,000 a day. It's at $4 million now, but it's going up every day. But still, they decide they're not going to do it. I'm sure they think if they're going to go bankrupt or dissolve the company, that they aren't going to have to pay the money because it's the company's, uh, the company's responsibility, or they aren't going to be able to have to turn over the documents. But the funny thing is, the judge is saying... Yeah, no, I still want to see the documents, and you still have to pay the money. This is one of many embarrassing moments for the Republican Party, especially down in Arizona. They were so sure. They knew they had this thing dicked. So they hire this stupid fucking group of people, cyber ninjas, who have no experience with elections, and they set them loose. I mean, they did all kinds of things. They broke the chain of uh, chain of ownership in these ballots so many times it almost damaged the whole case. I mean, even if they came up with something, the fact is they could very well have done something to the ballots. And I think that's what people were concerned about. They thought that uh, they were going to tamper with the ballots. And maybe they did, and maybe that's why they don't want to turn over the documents. Who knows? But um, these guys are in trouble right now. 
I think they rue the day <laughs> that they got this contract. I'm sure when they got it, they thought, oh, we're going to score big on this one. We're the fucking cyber ninjas, so we'll find all this stuff. We'll dig it out. If we have to make it up, we will. Well, they found nothing, and apparently they weren't able to find a way to make it up. So they left there with nothing. And then they tried to get another job someplace else. I mean, if I did a job someplace, if I had a job someplace and I fucked it up completely, cost the company a lot of money, didn't do what I was supposed to do, how do you get a job someplace else? Don't they check your background? Don't they ask for reviews or or, uh, recommendations? Nobody could possibly recommend cyber ninjas for fucking anything. Maybe they should get a bunch of vans and just fix computers like the Geek Squad. That may seem like something more appropriate for these fucking people. It seems like every place where states have said, we're going to bring in an independent party and we're going to do this and we're going to find all the election fraud, none of them have worked. They did it in Wisconsin, not with the cyber ninjas. Some other fuck was running it, some former politician. And uh, it's been all this time. It's been months and months and months, all kinds of tax money spent. And guess what? Wisconsin announced just recently that they found nothing. They're sure it's there, but we found no proof of it. Those sneaky goddamn Democrats, they're so slick, it's unbelievable. It couldn't be that there was no evidence because election fraud didn't happen. Now, they can't believe that. These people can't give up on the fact that Donald Trump lost, literally and legally lost. Michigan, they've got some things going on with that, too. They're in some primaries with that whole situation. Uh, Actually, they're not primaries. They're caucuses, and they're just putting in people to run for office. And two of the people, I don't know their names off the top of my head because, well, I don't give a fuck. But um, two of these people that are going to be candidates for the Republican Party in Michigan are, in fact, the loudest mouthpieces for the big lie, election fraud, and all the conspiracy theories, and QAnon, and all this shit. I mean, this is what Michigan is putting up as candidates, Michigan Republicans, anyway. And to be perfectly honest with you, the crazier the candidates on the Republican side, the better. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is this is going on all over the country. Nobody's found any evidence. Mike Lindell, he's all pissed off right now. And you know who he's pissed off at? He's pissed off at right-wing media, particularly Fox News. And why is he pissed off? Well, he's got a new thrust in his conspiracy theories. What he's trying to do is trying to disqualify all the voting machines. You know, the same voting machines created by Dominion, who is suing Mike Lindell for $1.6 billion. Yeah, the same one. He told us there's all kinds of investigations going on and evidence coming up. He made promises of certain days, as we talked about here on the podcast. Nothing came out of it. Not a fucking thing. What he's upset about now is that is that uh, Fox News and some of the other right-wing media won't jump on board, won't have him on the show, won't help him promote this shit. Here's the interesting thing about him wanting to pull these voting machines out of operation. Just so happens he has another system that's going to work way better. Okay, Mike, you want to get rid of the Dominion voting machines, even though there's no evidence of any kind of fraud with Dominion, and you want to sneak your system in there, and we should trust you. Fuck, you can barely handle a pillow company. We really want you coming up with a voting system and try to grift your way into making money. What, are you trying to make enough money to pay that $1.6 billion? Because you're definitely going to fucking lose. It's almost sad watching these people, you know. They're trying so hard and they fail time after time after time. You would think they'd learn after a period of time, but they refuse. They cannot walk this back. 
There's no way they can be wrong, and they're going to fight to the death. And unfortunately, when people do this, they do end up crashing and burning. Mike Lindell almost seems like he's already done that. But all these people that are trying to do this stuff, like the Cyber Ninjas, they're going out of business, they're deep in debt, and they haven't complied with the job they were contracted for. (laughs) These fucking people are pitiful. Fucking absolutely pitiful. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. So I can't stop thinking about this dog joke. I mean, I think I'm mentally scarred from that dog joke. And I remembered that I didn't give the name of the gentleman who sent me the email with that joke. His name is Bill. And Bill, you need to own that shit. That's you. That's not me. (laughs) I mean, I laughed. I'll grant you that. I'm guilty by association. But that was your fucking joke, for Christ's sake. (laughs) Oh, man. That was a weird one. That took a turn. (laughs) Not something I normally would talk about on Rational Boomer Podcast, but if you email me something and you want me to read it, I'll fucking read it. You know, within reason, you send me some really weird shit, I'm going to set it aside. (laughs) But, Bill, you got me there. (laughs) Anyway, I got a good story here for you, one that I think you'll enjoy. Now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis pushed through a bill nicknamed Don't Say Gay. Now, when I did this on TikTok, I said the bill was called Don't Say Gay. And all the trump missed the whole point of the story, and they said, It's not called Don't Say Gay. You should learn how to read. You should read the bill, you libtard. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know that's not the name, but that's what we know it to be. Don't say gay bill. And the fact of the matter is it has no bearing on this story. If that's the thing that caught your interest, well, you missed the point, which is not surprising from Trump LaFox. And I'll be honest, when I did this on TikTok, I got the most hate from Trump trolls that I've gotten in a long time. So I know I hit a home run. (laughs) Anyway, after... Passing this bill, the Don't Say Gay Bill, that I know is not the name, but it's what it's known as. It's a nickname. The Disney Company and Walt Disney World said, you know, Ronnie, I'm not feeling that. We don't like that. In fact, we disagree with you completely on that bill. Well, Ron DeSantis was upset about this. He says, how dare you contradict me? I'm paraphrasing now. How dare you contradict me? I am the governor of Florida. I'm all powerful. You will rue the day that you fucked with Ron DeSantis. Hey, what about if I take away your special tax district? How dare you? The audacity that you disagree with the great Ron DeSantis. And that's what he was going to do. He didn't like the fact that they contradicted him, which is weird because that is their First Amendment right. And I know Ron DeSantis is all about rights, but he doesn't feel that Disney has their First Amendment right, so he's going to punish them. And uh, he's going to do that by taking away this special tax district that was given to Walt Disney World, in 1967, there was a contract. The interesting thing is that uh, Disney this whole time was pretty quiet. They were playing it all cool and shit, you know? (laughs) But then Disney steps up. After it's all been passed and all that stuff, Disney steps up and says, well, you can take the special district away, but you should have read the contract before you did that. You see, in the contract, if you end the special district, the state of Florida then is required to pay off Disney's debt, which just happens to be about a billion dollars. So suck on that. (laughs) Then they said, in light of the revelations that have now been exposed, I think we'll just continue doing business as usual. 
There you go. Another fucking Republican made to look like a fool. They get butt hurt. They act emotionally. They start making threats. And then when it's all said and done, they look fucking stupid in the process. So the special district for a special tax district for Disney is basically this. Florida wanted them to come into Florida because they generate a lot of money for Florida in many ways. So to entice them to come to Florida, they offered this special tax district, which means in their, I think they're like 25,000 acres or something like that, and they've got 75,000 employees. They gave them the right to um, govern themselves. They wouldn't necessarily be under the state of Florida government. They would be their own government. They would provide their own fire department, their own police department, own ambulance service. They would handle the water, the security, everything. Florida didn't have to do anything. And, of course, uh, Disney would have to pay taxes from sales tax and all that kind of stuff, so it was a good deal. And they did it to entice Disney to come to Florida. Well, that went along pretty well. 1967 is when they signed this contract. All was cool until some dumb fuck like Ron DeSantis becomes governor and gets mad because they have the audacity to contradict him. Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess with the wrath of Ron DeSantis. (laughs) But apparently he didn't think about a lot of things when he made this threat. I mean, he's like a lot of bullies. He makes threats and he doesn't expect people to call him out. He expects them to fold up and die and give in to his will and do whatever they want. But I've said before, and you can go back and check the tapes Ron DeSantis, I would not fuck with Disney. They have a lot of money, a lot of power, a big legal department, and they will fuck you up. And that's exactly what they did. They said, cool, you want to take away the special tax district? Go ahead. Here's our bill for a billion dollars. You take care of that, and we've got the deal cut. Oh, and by the way, since we'll now be using your fire department, police department, water department, and all that kind of shit, now your property taxes in and around that area will go up 25%. So the citizens of <laughs> of Orlando will be on the hook for a billion dollars that's got to come out of the tax coffers. And also a 25% increase in property taxes. Oh, that's going to make Ron DeSantis very popular. I mean, these people are Trump humpers down there in Florida. A lot of them are. I know a lot aren't because we've got listeners that are from Florida. And let me just tell you up front, I love Florida. I hate that this is going on. My wife and I are thinking about going someplace. And she said, we can go to Florida. And I would love to go to Fort Myers or Sarasota or whatever. But I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't want to put any money in Florida government for as bad as they are. Anyway, Ron DeSantis didn't figure this out. And I'm curious as to what he's going to do. Is he going to force the situation? If he does, it's going to cost him a lot of money. It's going to cost the taxpayers a lot of fucking money. So it'll be interesting to see if he actually pulls this off. Disney is basically suggesting it's never going to happen because they're not going to pay the billion dollars off and do all this shit. This was a big game of chicken. And guess who lost? Ron DeSantis lost the fucking game of chicken. (sighs) And, you know, this is the epitome of bullies. Bullies love to get in your face and make a threat. And they think you're going to be scared. And to a large degree, that's often the case when you're dealing with bullies. They go after somebody weaker, they make the threat, and um, the person being bullied acquiesces and says, okay, whatever, whatever, just don't beat me up. But these bullies, these dumb Republican bullies, don't understand that if you go against somebody who's just as tough as you are, or maybe tougher, they're going to call you out, and you're going to have to back it up. Well, bullies aren't typically equipped to back things up. They try to roll over the top of you, but the moment you fight back, the moment you smack them in the face or push them down, 
they're back to coward state because they're insecure people. And this is where Ron DeSantis is. Now, he'll try to play it off like it's no big deal. That's not true. There's nothing here to say because that's all Republicans ever do. But the bottom line is we're talking dollars, real dollars, a billion dollars to pay off debt by Disney. And a 25% tax increase because the city of Orlando or the county have to take on all the things that Disney had been paying for all these years. Ron didn't think this one out because this is not going his way. He's wanting to run for governor. And uh, this is not going to work well for him, especially if the money starts coming out of the pockets of the citizens of Florida. And it will. (laughs) So I just love this story. And as I said, this is the one story where people uh, really loved it because they like seeing the bully get beat down. And that's exactly what's happening in this case. But those Trump trolls, oh, they were angry. They were angry. And I always can tell when I get to them, when they ignore the facts of the story and just make some statement. They might say, well, that's not the name of the bill. Okay, it's not the name of the bill. That's not the point of the story. Or they'll say, you're stupid. You're a libtard. You're ignorant. You can't read. Or they start making fun of how you look, your face, your mouth, whatever it is. That's what they do. And I laugh at that because it shows me that I won. You know, from time to time, my wife will look at some of the TikToks and look at some of the comments made. And most of them are very positive because I blocked most trolls. But from time to time, she'll see something that uh, is a negative thing pointed at me. Now, a lot of times I don't even see that, so it doesn't really matter. But she gets upset because she feels like my feelings are being hurt when they attack me personally. And it's hard for her to understand when I tell her, no, I'm not upset about that at all. I think it's kind of funny. I don't care what anybody says. It really doesn't matter. I mean, it's coming from somebody who has two followers and no content. It's either a bot or somebody that doesn't count, somebody that's inconsequential. So, no, I don't care. And the fact that they have to resort to that tells me they fucking lost. So I think it's funny. Anyhow, next story up. This is an interesting story. Here are some important dates to remember. And they're coming up pretty quick, so take note. These are the primaries for some of the January 6th conspirators, the people that were involved in January 6th. Now, primaries coming up. Number one is Jim Jordan out of Ohio. Now, his primary is coming a few days away, May 3rd. We're talking next Wednesday, I think, or Tuesday. Um, Number two, Scott Perry. His primary is coming up on May 17th. Number three, Madison Cawthorn, May 17th. Marjorie Taylor Greene, her primary is May 24th. Mo Brooks, his primary is May 24th. Lauren Boebert, June 28th. And now Matt Gates and Paul Gosar, their primaries are in August, assuming they're still available to run for office. Now, I understand these are primaries against other Republicans, These races or these uh, elections will determine who will then be the Republican candidate that will go against the Democrats in the general election. This doesn't decide anything but who's going to be the actual candidate to run against the Democrat. And then, of course, the general election is in November. So that's important for you to remember. Now, what I find interesting about this, and maybe I'm wrong about this because I I haven't paid attention to this type of thing. We've got eight people who are incumbents in their positions, and all of them are in primaries. Now, typically, in my mind, if you're an incumbent, most of the time you don't have a primary. On a rare occasion, you might, but most of the time you don't because the party settled with you, elected you. Why have a primary if you've got the guy you elected or gal you elected in the first place? But not in this situation. We've got eight people that are, are going to have to go through primaries 
to be the top choice to run against the Democrats. I don't know. Something in me tells me there's a problem. Maybe they're unsure about the viability of some of these incumbents, and they should. Now, here's what I want to tell you. A lot of people will be rooting against all of these people to win the uh, primary elections. They want them out of the way and gone. And I get that. I get that. But here's the thing. When it comes to the general election, the crazier the candidate, the better for the Democrats. I mean, these people are spewing QAnon, conspiracy theories, all this shit. They are more likely to lose to the Democrats than maybe a formidable Republican candidate. Now, I don't know who the people in the primaries are, if they're any better or what. But we knew these people are pretty bad. They've got a bad reputation already. People know who they are and what they are. So in my mind, I would rather have all of these people win their primary because I think they have a weaker chance against the Democrats. You get some unknown commodity. And maybe he comes off or she comes off like she's more reliable, more stable, more intelligence. Now, that's going to make it tougher for the Democrats to beat them. It's better to deal with a known commodity. Now, here's the other thing that I find really interesting. And one reason I would like the incumbents to win their primary. Now, all of these people were in the thick of it for the January 6th insurrection. The January 6th committee is exposing all kinds of evidence against a lot of people. And soon we'll see more for the uh, members of Congress. We are going to have... um, We're going to have the televised hearings, which is going to expose a lot of people and a lot of problems. Now, it's conceivable that some, if not all of these people, could get in deeper trouble. They could get indicted. They could be prosecuted. So if now, between now and November, if any one of these or all of these get indicted, that puts the Republicans in a bad situation. That puts the entire Republican Party in upheaval, causes chaos, and they have a problem. They certainly can't run a candidate who's been indicted. And if they've been indicted, they've got to throw them away and somehow figure quick, fast, in a hurry to get another candidate in there to run in the general election. Now, when you pull somebody out that quickly who's not planned or trained for this whole thing, That's going to make it tougher for that person to beat whoever the Democratic candidate is. So what I want you to do is root for all of these people to win their primaries. I know it sounds strange. I know it sounds really strange. But if we root for them, I think come the general general, um, election, we have a better chance of beating the Republicans. Because we've got, uh, what, five, six months, seven months before the general election? There's a lot of shit that can come out about these people. Now, these other folks that they're running against in the primaries, they don't have quite as high a profile. And they may or may not have been involved in some of this, this dirty business of the insurrection and some of the many other things. So I'd rather have somebody who's known to have been involved and maybe indicted. And then at that point, they will have to put in new candidates, and maybe those candidates will be better, but it'll be a last-minute situation, and it's going to be hard for them to catch up. This whole thing is about beating the Republicans in November. I don't care about May, June, or August. I hope they win because they have a worse chance of beating the Democrats come November. So this is going to be interesting to watch. These dates are coming up. Jim Jordan's uh, primary is coming up next week. I mean, I would love to see Jim Jordan knocked on his ass and not be the candidate for the Republican Party when it comes to his uh, his uh, House of Representatives position. I would love to see that. 
But if Jim Jordan's going to get exposed and indicted, I'd rather him be the candidate because then they're fucked. All right, we're wrapping up the Rational Boomer podcast, and I'm going to do something I've never done and never will do again. This is a positive story about Donald Trump, kind of a positive story. Now, you remember when he put some money aside and did a deal to build a new Air Force One, the presidential plane. You remember that? He was talking all about it all the time. Now, this plane, I don't even know that it's built completely as yet, but it's coming. So Donald Trump will never have the opportunity to fly in this plane. That's part of the good news. Apparently, Boeing is having some regrets over accepting a contract to build the new Air Force One for Donald Trump. Donald Trump was very proud of this deal. He um, claims that he got Boeing to come down on their price considerably, and they did. I think initially it was like, I don't know if it was $5.7 billion and he got them down to $3.9 billion or whatever. But of course, Boeing wanted to be the company that did the Air Force One, so they took the job. And uh, Donald Trump got them down to that price. But, of course, Boeing's a big company. They make a lot of money. They must know what they're doing. Well, Boeing just told their investors that they shouldn't have cut that deal with Donald Trump, mainly because Boeing at this point has already lost $660 million on this contract. There's no way they're making money on this Air Force One deal. They should have known that if you deal with Donald Trump, you're likely to get screwed. They should have known that, but they got clouded uh, by the fact that they were producing and manufacturing the uh, presidential plane, Air Force One. They should have known that they were likely going to get screwed because, of course, they did get screwed. Now, I'm not going to shit talk Donnie on this one. Boeing is a big company. They should know better, as I said. Trump said, cancel the contract if you don't give me my price. It was a game of chicken, essentially, between Trump and Boeing. And his greedy-ass company, Boeing and Trump, got the best of them. And he saved the U.S. tons of money, a billion six, presumably. Oddly enough, that's the same amount that... uh, Mike Lindell's going to be charged for his bullshitting about Dominion. Anyway, there you have it. One positive thing. And, and I can respect Donald Trump for doing this. Having been in business for myself, I've employed this tactic many times. If you're in the middle of a deal, you've got to make the other people believe that you don't give a shit that you have options. So they're the ones that are going to have to bend. And that's exactly what he did. They're in talks. She, he's, they say, it's this much money. He says, that's too much. I'm not paying that much. Cancel the contract. And, of course, Boeing goes, whoa, 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 wait. Wait, we want to do this. What kind of money do you need taken off? And they negotiate that out. And Donald Trump bullied Boeing, for God's sake. And Boeing gave in. They miscalculated how much it was going to cost to build this plane. They were so caught up in the prestige of producing Air Force One, they didn't realize how much it would really cost. So now they're going to have to finish this plane, deliver the plane to uh, the president, assuming that's Biden, and uh, they're going to lose a minimum of $660 million. I don't feel too bad for Boeing. I don't give a fuck about Boeing. Boeing, over the last 50 years or 60 years or whatever it's been, has made tons of fucking money. They've made plenty of money. And if they get screwed on this one, God bless them. And if Donald Trump is the one that took them on this ride and got a better price for America, I got to say, Donnie, good job. I don't know if Donnie was actually involved in the whole thing. To be perfectly honest, the pressure Trump applied 
was not about his power. It was about the power of the office of the presidency and the prestige that Boeing would get. But honestly, given that situation, no other president would have done that. No other president would have been involved in any kind of negotiation like that. They would have left that to somebody else, somebody that was more qualified to do it. And chances are, when they said the cost on this plane is $5.7 billion, they'd say, okay, let's write a government check. They wouldn't have pushed it. So I have to give Donald Trump some credit on this one. He pushed the issue. He did cut a good deal, a better deal than probably anybody else would have cut. Now, of course, Boeing got screwed on the deal, which is often the case when you have a greedy fuck in the middle of a negotiation. And that's the one thing I always learned about being in negotiations. I was usually in the middle. I had a buyer, I had a seller, and I was in the middle, and I was trying to cut the deal, try to broker the deal. Now, I knew if one side got screwed and the other side made all the money, that was not good. I mean, the whole point of being in business is to have ongoing business. If one person got screwed, they're not entering in any kind of business deal with these other people at all. As much as I was trying to be fair, I was trying to protect both of them from their own greed and try to cut the deal. Somebody would say to me, well, I want this much for it. And I'd say, that's fucking too much. You're not going to get this deal done for that. Either you come back with a realistic amount of money or I'm fucking out. The other side would do the same thing. They'd uh, try to sway everything to their side. And I'd do the same thing to them. If you don't fucking be upfront about this and do the right thing, you're not going to get this deal done. You won't get any future deals. And I'm fucking out. So I was kind of the referee, and I ended up everybody getting everybody to compromise. Now, clearly, that didn't happen in this situation. Clearly, Donald Trump was the greedy fuck, and Boeing fell for it for whatever reason, and they got screwed. But hats off to Donnie Trump one time for saving the U.S. government some money on Air Force One. (laughs) Other than that, fuck Donnie Trump. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time that you do to listen, both here on the podcast and with TikTok. I will tell you that we'll have the normal podcast. We'll have another one tomorrow, just like this one. Uh, But uh, today, I'm going to record yet another podcast with my compatriot, Ed. Those are kind of different podcasts, but they still fall within the realm of the Rational Boomer podcast. So be looking for that. You have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow or sooner. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.